The Democrats made a huge mistake. They were hoping to capitalize off of Black Lives Matter protests to generate support for their party and votes against Donald Trump. The only problem was that these protests quickly became riots and violence began to sweep across this country and regular Americans took notice and were upset with it. The Democrats tried to ignore it, hoping it would all just go away. In fact, it seems like that's the mayor of Portland's strategy. He thought that he could just ignore the riots and eventually they get tired and they would stop, but they have not and they will not. And now the violence is worse than ever. The Democrats are now revealing they know they made a serious mistake. They're probably looking at internal polls. That's what many journalists are speculating, because Joe Biden has just come out with the largest campaign ad run to date, $45 million for one week condemning, rioting and looting. And you know what? Good on him. Credit where credit is due. Thank you for finally recognizing the extreme violence coming from the far left. But will the Democrats and Joe Biden condemn Black Lives Matter and Antifa for engaging in this violence? Likely no, because they still need support from these people. Not only is Joe Biden going to be launching this massive campaign ad run, he's actually going to Kenosha. Unfortunately, He's going after Trump already went, desperately playing catch up. Many people pointed out early on Joe Biden wasn't going to go. In fact, he wasn't going to go anywhere. And then Trump called him out. And now Biden says, "Okay, fine, I will go. I got to tell you, I can respect that they're now trying to do the right thing, but I don't think it's for the right reasons. I think they looked at their internal polls, they looked at the betting odds, and they looked at the fact that Trump is gaining nationally in the polls and winning in several battleground states. And they've started to panic. I think they're worried when Don Lemon brought it up on CNN saying focus groups are mentioning the rioting and they realized they had no choice. But a lot of people are pointing out as well. Isn't Donald Trump the president? Isn't this his responsibility? Well, if you follow my other channel, Timcast News, I mentioned that the Oregon State Police have been have been deputized by the federal by the federal government. So now when they make an arrest, it goes to federal prosecutors. That's something Trump is doing. He's not invoking the Insurrection Act. He's not invading localities, but he's empowering federal DAs, federal attorneys. I'm sorry, not district attorneys, federal attorneys to actually prosecute these extremists. Does anyone believe that if Joe Biden became president, he would go after these people and stop them? The reason I say he won't is because he's already cutting deals with them. He refused. He refuses to call them out by name. You may remember that a couple of months ago, he launched that pact with Bernie Sanders, where they compromised on many issues. He is begging these people for their support. If they give it to him and assuming he wins, do you think he would just immediately turn his back and say, I don't need your support anymore? No, he would have to win reelection. We've already seen Joe Biden's campaign staff offer up funds to bail these people out. And so did Kamala Harris. They realize it backfired and they're trying to play both sides. Well, I'm not I'm not into it. Surprisingly, today, Joe Biden actually took questions from the press. And sure enough, it was a gaffe disaster, at least in one or two instances. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to show you this. I do not believe that a a sane, rational American who is who is going to look at what I'm what, what I'm about to show you would think that Joe Biden is the right choice for president. And that is not me saying that Donald Trump is the best candidate we've ever had. It's saying, I guess it's Donald Trump because Joe Biden is not, not a real candidate. He is not able to be president and he is compromising with the very people that he's claiming to condemn. Let's read the news. Before we do, 
Head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There's a P.O. box if you'd like to send stuff. But the best thing you can do is share this video. I don't have a major marketing department. I just have word of mouth. If you think I do a good job and my videos are pretty good, then consider sharing them on other platforms. And don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, the notification bell. Let's read the news from The New York Times. Biden to air law and order ad condemning rioters and looters. The ad part of a $45 million one week television and digital purchase that is by far the largest, uh, the campaign's largest to date, comes as the Democratic nominee pushes back against President Trump's attacks. This is absolute desperation. You need to understand what this means that he's running this ad. They tried to ignore the problem because they don't want you to realize they're in line with many of these people. Now, of course, Joe Biden isn't himself a radical socialist, but they're a part of his party and he needs their support. He didn't want to highlight any of their violence because now he might have to condemn them. He might get asked about it. He didn't want people to know the violence was getting this bad. Now you need to realize early on, uh, Joe Biden's strategy was to hammer Donald Trump on COVID, but now he can't. He's forced to play on Donald Trump's terms. He is entering Donald Trump's law and order battleground. And I'm sorry, Joe Biden cannot win in this arena, but he had no choice. This is a desperate Hail Mary pass, which is likely to fail. The New York Times says, Mr. Biden has reportedly condemned instances in which protests for racial justice have burst into violence, accusing Mr. Trump of stoking divisions and laying blame for any chaos on the current occupant of the White House. But the ad part of a $45 million one week television and digital purchase that is by far the the campaign's largest to date is the first time that Mr. Biden has put this pushback on issues of crime and public safety into a major paid advertising program. Quote, I want to make it absolutely clear, Biden says, as images flash of burned out cars and buildings in confrontation with the police, rioting is not protesting. Looting is not protesting. And those who do it should be prosecuted. I'm sorry, Mr. Biden. But in Portland, the DA is not prosecuting these people. Your party, not the Republicans, is responsible for this. Your political party disagrees with you. And the progressives are getting interviewed on NPR saying in defense of looting. So whose fault is it? I was in Ferguson when they looted and burned down buildings in that small town. And the next thing I see was this far left article titled in defense of looting. This was back in, I believe, 2015. And it's still happening to this date. Trump has consistently condemned the violence and called for law and order. No, Joe, you ignored it, trying to capitalize off of it. And now it's backfired in your face. Mr. Biden cast himself as a unifying figure who would seek to lower the temperature of the national debate and bring the country together. The spot ends with Mr. Biden, who is Catholic, quoting the former Pope John Paul II, be not afraid. Unlike many of Mr. Biden's recent ads, the 60 second spot does not mention the coronavirus pandemic. The Biden campaign said the ad would air nationally on cable television and in local markets in nine battleground states, Arizona, Florida, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. States where Joe Biden is starting to do worse and Trump is starting to win. The speech in Pittsburgh and the advertising campaign are part of Mr. Biden's response to a Republican convention last week in which the GOP tried repeatedly to twist the former vice president's record on crime and policing, with Mr. Trump himself often amplifying the misleading claims on Twitter. I'm not going to play these games in the New York Times, but I will tell you, Joe Biden is the author of that famous 1994 crime bill. I believe it was 94. Yeah, I think the dude's an authoritarian. 
But he is a unifying figure. If you, if, if you want to talk technically, he's unifying the far left extremists, the critical race theorists and intersectionalists, the people who are overtly racist with the regular liberals of the Democratic Party. And that's why I've been forced out. And many other liberals have been forced out and are now going to vote for Trump. The critical race theorists, intersectional identitarians are overt racists. They say it. There is a viral tweet going around right now where there's a, there's a, a digital town hall where these college students and their professor are straight up saying they are racist. Why would I take advice from them? And why would I want them in my party? Well, if Joe Biden believes they have a place in the Democratic Party, then I certainly don't, because my family rejects the overt racism of these critical race theorists who, let me remind you, in some of the best selling books that they read, say they are overtly and avowed racists. A lot of people try to play this game that they're being forced to it to say these things. No, I'm telling you, they are saying it. Why is Joe Biden offering them a space in the Democratic Party? I guess they're trying to get back to their roots because the Democratic Party was historically racist to begin with. They can't let it go, can they? Well, Joe Biden is also going to be going to Kenosha. And this is also shockingly, shockingly desperate. He had a chance to go there early this week on Monday. He didn't do it. Donald Trump went Tuesday. A lot of people said he should have gone, but he was too busy hiding in his basement. And I'm not trying to be mean, but that's quite literally what he's doing. Just staying in the basement, not giving, not, not doing any press press conferences, not answering questions, not traveling, not rallying. I don't think the man is actually trying to win. I think they know he's going to lose. Well, now he's planning to go to Kenosha on Thursday. Playing catch up with Donald Trump does not bode well. You're chasing after the man. You are behind the curve and you have no idea what regular Americans are concerned about. Well, I'll tell you what they're concerned about. This image right here. Donald Trump ticks slightly ahead in, uh, well, as of right now, it looks like Trump is just slightly underneath Joe Biden by 0.2 in the betting odds. Let's be real. That's a coin toss. Nobody knows who's going to win. I see. I think Trump's going to win, but you better get out and vote if you want him to win. But this is a coin toss. Joe Biden had a tremendous lead. Look at this. It was, there was a period where the betting odds were 60% for Biden, 36 for Trump. And now it's it's even. It's a coin toss. That's Joe Biden's fault. It's absolutely Joe Biden's fault. My, my view on it, extremely desperate. Biden and Dems avoided talking about violence because they didn't want to call attention to it, likely hoping many people were unaware as media called them peaceful protests. Biden is now playing on Trump's turf and he can't win. Now that Biden is forced to highlight violence, Trump will hammer him and no one, for the most part, will believe Biden is strong enough to do anything about it. Yeah, I don't think Biden's going to be able to stop the violence. I think Trump can. Yashir Ali, journalist, tweeted, whether people think this is the right strategy or not, or whether the criticism is fair or not, Biden would not be doing this if the polls and focus groups didn't show that this is a weak spot for him. Yeah, the Democrats are panicking, backpedaling, and trying now to condemn the very people they financially supported. And that's the point I was making in the previous tweet. When they go to debate and Trump says Joe Biden's campaign staff was paying the bail fund for these people, what's Joe going to say? Kamala Harris solicited funds for them. Their best bet was to ignore this. They couldn't. The American people are fed up. And that's going to come up in the debates. 
And Joe Biden will have no answer, none whatsoever. Well, Students for Trump says President Donald Trump tours what Biden will do to America, looking at riot damage. And Twitter user liberal not lefty said, quote, don't vote for Biden because if he is POTUS, this will happen. The POTUS is the POTUS. It literally happened under. I think it's interesting that this is kind of a narrative that people are pushing. Well, I, re- I respect liberal, not lefty. I follow her on, on Twitter, and I think she normally has good takes. But this one I disagree with. Donald Trump deputized, or I should say the federal government deputized the Oregon State Police. He could have invoked the Insurrection Act. He didn't. Donald Trump is not in league with Antifa. He criticizes them every step of the way. And he's routinely criticized Black Lives Matter as a Marxist organization. He's not trying to placate them. He is not trying to offer up that uh, offer up concessions to them. So what do you think would happen if Joe Biden was president? The Democrats have already proven incapable of stopping the violence. You think the, the right choice now is to put a Democrat in the executive office and cross your fingers that that will stop everything? Well, I think the best bet is that Trump unleash the feds that oh, I, I actually I should put it that way, that the local governments accept federal assistance like Wisconsin did and bring in the National Guard and shut it down immediately. Trump's already taken very clever action with deputizing these state police. I think that was brilliant. That's one way to do it. You think Joe Biden would? I don't. I think it'll get worse. And Joe Biden will do what he did a couple months ago. Democratic task force delivers Biden a blueprint for a progressive presidency. The far left is not happy with where Joe Biden is at. They do not believe he is far left enough. But I'll tell you this, if he's cutting deals with the far left, some kind of compromise for their vote. What do you think he's going to do with the far left extremists who are infecting various government agencies with critical race theory and who are burning down buildings? Do you think he's going to turn on them and say, now I not thanks for voting for me. Now I'm going to condemn you. No, he's going to say, don't forget, I'm running for reelection in four years when he'll be what, 82 or whatever. And they're going to say, sure, because because Joe Biden's giving us what we want. They've said this. Joe Biden is malleable. They have said it's easier to overthrow a bumbling old Joe Biden than it is to overthrow a fascist. They know that he will compromise and he already has. So I ask you this question. What is radicalization? Is radicalization wanting strong borders for your country? No, we've always had that. I mean, Hillary Clinton was in favor of border barriers. Bernie Sanders was in favor of getting rid of the same deals Trump was and securing our borders. So that that can't be radical, can it? Is it radical to say that we should lower unemployment and bring our factories back? No, that's a pretty popular position. Most people like the idea. Is it radical to put a moratorium on deportations and decriminalize border crossings? Yes. Is it radical to abolish private health care? Yes, that's the far left. And Joe Biden is compromising with them with his, you know, blueprint for a progressive presidency, working with Bernie Sanders to come up with look a joint effort by Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders to unify Democrats around Biden's candidacy, has produced a 110-page policy wish list to recommend the party's presumptive presidential nominee. So what do you think happens? I'll leave it to you to comment, because I I think I know what's going to happen. The dude's already giving him what they want. He's going to need to get reelected. And moderates and Trump supporters who are not fans of the far left aren't going to vote for him if he's he's doing this. He's going to need to double down on his support from the far left and try harder. Christopher uh, Catalego says, Biden says officers who shot Jacob Blake should be charged joining Kamala, who said this in response to a question last week. And there it is. With no proper investigation, 
with, uh, with, with nothing, just a gut reaction from media videos. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to throw the police under the bus. I told you he is going to give the far left what they want, and he is doing it right now. I mean, the first response says with no complete investigation, laughable. It is. Even the feds going after Antifa and the Black Lives Matter uh, extremists in Portland took about two months before they filed any formal charges. Why would Joe Biden think it's a good idea to come out and say, we don't have all the evidence. We don't know what happened. Charge the officers with what? There's been no investigation. Has there even been a grand jury? Is there an, there's no indictment? You just want to you, you just want to snap your fingers and have it. Go. I'm telling you, man, we saw this happen in Atlanta. The morality police don't care about what's just. They don't care about equality under the law. They care about power and Joe Biden will give it to them. So, yeah, if Joe Biden's president, it will get worse. I want to show you this clip. It's not just about Joe Biden being uh, weak. It's about him being incapable of being the president. Donald Trump tweeted, seriously, is this what our great USA wants as its leader? Take a listen. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's when you think about it. This happens all the time. Joe Biden incapable of giving us a, 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 a sentence and any kind of cohesive thought. I know that Joe Biden, when he does these long speeches, he says many things and we don't highlight the whole speech. We highlight the points where he struggles to speak and he, and he says something that's just insane garbled nonsense. COVID has taken this year just since the outbreak has taken more than 100 year. Look, here's the lives. It's just when you think about it. I, I don't know what he's trying to say. I really don't. A lot of journalists like to finish his ideas for him, but we cannot have a president who can't speak. And today, here's a tweet from Benny Johnson. Biden to Trump. Stop your boast about never being seemed at you. You can do anything. I have, I have, I have no idea what this one's supposed to say. And stop your boast about never being seemed at what you, you, know, you can do anything. You're, you, you always talk about your ability to negotiate. I don't know what Joe Biden's trying to say, but I can tell you this. I don't think Joe Biden should be president for so many reasons. When you look at these clips just right off the bat, come on, man, to use to use Joe Biden's catchphrase at this point. Come on, man. You can't be serious with this guy. Now, Donald Trump's got his issues, but he's done a great job with the economy before covid. And he's been all about law and order. I think Donald Trump's response to covid itself was fine. There's nothing really to compare it to. I mean, we're, we're, we're a republic. The states are responsible for what they do. People want to blame him for it. He had a plan. He had phases. He announced them. Remember, he was like phase one, phase two, phase three. The governors, it's up to them to do, you know, to do what they need in order to properly deal with COVID. I can't blame Trump for that. Trump has called for law and order. He's condemned the riots. I appreciate that. He did a good job in the economy. That's fantastic. And he does. He's got some foreign policy moves that I like. But Joe Biden can't even talk. Now, Joe Biden's got some policies that are fine. But he can't even talk. And too much of what he's doing is pandering to the far left. Trump attacks take a toll on Black Lives Matter support. But a new Politico morning consult poll shows more voters favor Joe Biden to handle public safety. I am just not buying it, man. I go on Instagram 
And there are a few there, I follow a decent amount of people and, you know, people share stuff with me and I'm seeing people I never thought would be a Trump supporter being Trump supporters. So you know what? If in 2016, I knew I knew people in 2016 that hated Donald Trump that today love him. I don't think Trump has lost support. I think he's gained tremendous support. I think Trump's attacks on Black Lives Matter. It's not so much about Trump saying it. It's about people realizing Trump was right. We've seen the videos. We know what's going on around our own country. You can't keep lying about it. And that's taken a toll on Black Lives Matter support. So Politico will say it's Trump's attacks. That's not fair. I think regular people are smart enough to recognize what's happening and to ask questions. I think regular people saw burnings, uh, saw, saw buildings being burnt down and people being executed in the street in Portland. Trump supporter was shot in the chest twice. And you all probably know by now. And they asked themselves, what is happening to our country? And Joe Biden ignored it for months. I wonder how many people who had to spray paint, please don't hurt us. We support Black Lives Matter or put up flyers saying, please spare our store. I wonder how many of those people used to be Democrats and now they feel abandoned by Joe Biden. I wonder how many Democratic voters are more concerned about trade. You know, the Iron Range in Minnesota, six of these cities endorsed Donald Trump's reelection, a Democrat stronghold flipped for Trump after decades voting Republican on economic issues, not even the riots. Joe Biden's lost it. He's lost the plot. He's not working class, Joe. And it's all falling down around him. Biden's lead in Pennsylvania shrinks to four points in new poll. This is Biden's state. This is, it's supposed to be Joe Biden's supposed to be the PA guy. This is, this is home state. And Trump has taken the lead. Or I'm, I should say he's gaining in, in you know, he's, shrink, he's narrowing the gap, according to this poll. That's bad news for Biden, man. When you consider there are a lot of people who are going to be first time voters now voting for Trump, just like last time. When you consider the things Trump has done that people like, notably the economy, notably law and order, and also in, in that sense, the announcements of these human, these, these kids being saved and human trafficking. Yeah, people are, are snapping to attention, seeing what's going on. And for me, my principal issue is the critical race theory. Recent, we, we recently heard from, I believe it's Christopher Rufo. He called on Donald Trump to issue an executive order eliminating cri critical race theory from the federal government. I agree. Absolutely. It's an overtly racist ideology. And, you know, inadvertently, it would hurt the Democrats because the Democrats are overtly racist right now. They really are. I mean, maybe they've always been. Seriously. They were the party of the Klan and Jim Crow. And now they're openly endorsing an extremist ideology. And their adherents are avowed racists. I can't stress that enough, man. When you see these, these people like Robin D'Angelo say they're racist, why would we listen to them? When did we become a country where we are like, as those of us who don't like racism need to prop up racists. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. I don't think Trump is perfect, but I think Trump opposes this stuff. And I think it's particularly important that we, well, we support Trump in that regard. Otherwise, you will end up in a country one day with morality police and you won't like what that means. So when we see Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, like I mentioned early on, calling for the uh, charges uh, for the officers in Kenosha, you know what this means? They don't believe in English common law, the right of the innocent, uh, the right of the individual to have a trial where I, I mean, to be fair, they're calling for charges, but with no investigation. I mean, come on, that seems unreasonable. We have, we have grand juries for a reason. 
If you look at what happened with many of these instances, particularly in Atlanta, when they charged this officer, just immediately when someone fired a taser at him, morality policing means they come to your home. They try and burn it down. And the cops say, well, what did you do? It means that when you say a naughty word, they show up to your house and they arrest you. They've decided it is easier to arrest you than it is to deal with a mob. And it's happened before and it's starting now. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris showed their true colors with this call. And that's the most dangerous thing, in my opinion. So look, they're desperate. They're absolutely desperate. They've decided their only option is to play on Trump's turf. And I think they'll lose because of it. But they would have lost if they did nothing. Wait till you see this debate. Trump need only say, Joe Biden, your campaign staff, according to Reuters, funded the rioters. What's he going to say? Well, no, those were protesters. No, that's not true. You can actually look at who got bailed out. Rioters. That's on Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at youtube.com slash timcastnews. It is another channel, and that'll be at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Then I will see you all then. A man who was arrested at the ongoing protests in Portland was released. The charges were dropped. They said that he was interfering with a police officer's duties and ultimately just cut him loose because that's what the DA has been doing. And now we have the tragic results of the failure of the DA to actually uphold the law. Suspect arrested at protest one week before deadly stabbing. This guy was arrested and they cut him loose and then he killed two people. Now, I was talking about the guy who got shot in Portland and the man who was accused of doing that also had been arrested previously on an illegal gun charge. And in that regard, I said, you know, because it was it, I believe it was months prior. You know, I, I don't know if we're going to uh, we've, we've, we've got a Second Amendment argument. The, the real issue for me is that the man is a murderer. But it is fair to say if the guy was actually held to the standards set by the Democrats in these cities, these deaths would not have happened or this, this particular death in Portland. And I think it's fair to say this is a recurring problem. When you have a district district attorney who's like, yeah, you know, if you're going to interfere or assault the cop, I'm going to cut you loose and let you go. And the guy gets out and these people are unwell. They're unhinged. They're dangerous and they're murderous. In Portland, they have laws. They've agreed on these laws. They've decided based on who they voted for and what they've passed city council and the state level. These people should go to jail. But then you get a far leftist who brings a gun and they say, yeah, you know, this guy, nah, he's good. We won't uphold the law for him. But heaven forbid a Trump supporter was walking around armed. They'd lock that guy up and throw away the key forever. Heaven forbid a, a, a pro-Trump guy was walking around at a protest, engaging in some kind of protest, civil disobedience. They arrested him or interfering with a cop. They would throw the book at these guys. I really do believe it. The far left gets a pass and it results in people dying. We got major breaking news, though. The federal government, uh, wow, they've, they, uh, the feds have deputized Oregon State Police. This is huge. They're going to be bypassing the local district attorney. And now when people get arrested, it would seem is where they're going. The state police make an arrest of you engaging in this violent behavior and, and dangerous behavior, criminal activity, throwing Molotovs, whatever. The feds are coming for you now and the feds aren't playing around. This is the point about Donald Trump and the fear of a Joe Biden presidency. Would Joe Biden's DHS have deputized state police to stop this madness? You know what, man? I would never put money on that. You could tell me that if I put down one dollar 
and then Joe Biden does pull it off, it's a thousand to one. You win a thousand bucks. I'd say no. I mean, honestly, I'd probably be like, fine, it's a dollar. But the point I'm trying to make is I know I have the dollar. I really, there's nothing that's going to convince me that Joe Biden would actually send in DHS. He's going to be like, oh, well, you know, we got to let the locals take care of things. And, you know, the Democrats in all these cities and states are the ones who are refusing to hold these people accountable. Why would I imagine that Joe Biden in the presidency would hold them accountable? He would not. Donald Trump is actually, he's actually found a way to go after these people without invoking the Insurrection Act. And I got to say, I'm impressed. I really am. I really am happy to hear it. There was a plan put forth by the Oregon governor. She said, all these things are going to happen. We're going to bring in the police. We're going to bring in the FBI, local outside police. A local sheriff said, you never asked me to do this. And no, I'm not sending in my people when you refuse to prosecute. Case in point, these two young people have lost their lives. So Trump has found that way. The feds will do it. The feds will take care of it. OSP, Oregon State Police, hereby deputized. Well, let's, I want to read a little bit of this first. And I know it's, kind of, it's, it's a sad story, so I'm just going to give you the general details. This is what happens when they refuse to uphold the law. This is what happens when you have morality policing, okay? When the, when the district attorney says, our ideological allies are free to go, they end up killing people. They end up committing more crimes. This is from KOIN6. They say a man accused of stabbing two people to death in northeast Portland in June was arrested at a protest in downtown Portland just one week prior. Cassie Leeton, 22, and Najav Hobbs, 39, were stabbed on June 16th near northeast David Street. Police arrested Philip Lawrence Nelson, 39, two days later. He faces two murder charges and is being held without bail. Yet now they'll hold him. Just days before, he allegedly killed Leeton and Hobbs, though. Nelson was taken into custody at a protest in downtown Portland. Court records show he was arrested on charges of interfering with a peace officer. Those charges were dismissed the next day. Before that, Nelson did not appear to have any criminal history in Oregon. Nelson told authorities he had been homeless living in the Portland area for the two months before the crime, according to court records for the murder arrest. A few days, just a few days later, he killed two people. They could have said, you've interfered with an officer and we're going to hold you and you'll see a judge and these people would still be alive. And that's the problem. DHS tells Portland Democratic mayor to prioritize public safety or feds will intervene. Acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf says Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler has passively stood by during months of riots that are destroying the city from just the news. The violence mostly at night has resulted in deaths recently of three people and has included clashes between pro-Trump groups and far left demonstrators. According to a letter Monday from Wolf to Wheeler, the Department of Homeland Security has made 255 arrests and declared 23 instances of riots and unlawful assemblies during the past month alone. He also wrote that Wheeler has, amid the chaos, stood passively by, arguing that nightly violence will ultimately burn itself out. The evidence demonstrates otherwise. Oh, you betcha. Ted Wheeler is now saying he's moving from his condo because they tried to burn it down the other day. Yeah, three months of these people being cut loose every single day, and you'd think they'd have learned their lesson. On Friday, Wheeler wrote a letter to President Trump rejecting federal assistance, which Trump has continually offered. On behalf of the city of Portland, no thanks. Portlanders are on to you. We've already seen your reckless disregard for human life. Yeah, it's real interesting. Coming from a man 
who runs a city where two people were just killed or they were killed a couple months ago by one of these extremists. And it could have been prevented. That's big words coming from a man who runs a city where a dude just executed a Trump supporter. At this point, Trump has a duty to protect his supporters. I mean, to be completely honest, to protect everybody. If the mayor's not going to do it and two innocent people are now dead in an unrelated killing, but the guy could have been stopped and a Trump supporter is dead, then yeah, the DHS is right. I, I, I don't know if this is true, but my understanding is that the feds could intervene in the event that the rights of citizens are not being upheld, not just the Insur- Insurrection Act. I don't know for sure, but it certainly seems like at this point, Trump should, you know, he could theoretically just walk in, but it looks like they found that, that they found that way in. Wolf wrote in response, ignoring criminal behavior is no way to protect the citizens of your community, the same citizens who entrusted you to hold elective office, elected office. I urge you to prioritize public safety and to request federal assistance to restore law and order in Portland. Well, here's the hammer drop. This is from KOIN6, Oregon State Police Troopers federally deputized amid renewed Portland protest response. Bravo DHS, bravo US Marshals, bravo Donald Trump. I really mean it. Trump supporter was targeted. He was killed. You want to talk about Kenosha? We'll talk about Kenosha. Should have written, should have written as I've been there. There's a whole lot of questions about that. We can have an argument. You can, we can say the whole thing shouldn't have happened. Nobody should have been out past curfew. This story is a guy walking down the street. They're behind him and they yell. He turns around. They have a gun. He reaches with what appears to be mace of some sort and he gets shot twice in the chest. Not self-defense. And then the far leftist guy who was accused of this, we believe it's a far leftist guy, runs, flees, targeted them, shot them, and fled. And what has the Portland mayor done? Complained about Trump. Has he kept his city safe? Quite the opposite. The people who live in his building are panicked. And now Portland mayor says he'll move. Is that the best you can do? You'll move? They tried to burn the building down. Send in the police, arrest these people, and lock them up. They're violent they're, they're, they're attempting to kill people. You even said it, Ted Wheeler. You said when they blocked the entrance and exits to the police department, tried to burn it down, it was attempted murder. And this is the best you'll do. I'll move. Everyone, the left and the right, are both calling for this guy to resign. Let's get to the news. Oregon State Police Troopers responding to the ongoing protest related unrest in Portland have been federally deputized, state police confirm. State police tell KOIN6, They're working with the U.S. Attorney's Office to review arrests made by troopers assigned to Portland for potential prosecution. The troopers assigned to Portland have been cross-deputized by U.S. Mars. Oh, you love to see it. You get arrested by these guys now. Oh, don't worry. That Mike Schmidt guy who said he's not going to he's not going to charge people. Doesn't matter anymore. It's going to the feds. And you want to try and burn a building down and kill people, which they're still doing. Well, now you get to go to a federal prison. Good. Somebody's finally doing something about it. And this is why I'm saying straight up, they try and blame Trump for the violence. Trump's the only one who's trying to stop it. What has Joe Biden done? His staff helped fund bailouts for these people. What has Kamala Harris done? Solicited donations to bail these people out. And now the the, the funniest thing, when Joe Biden says, I challenge Donald Trump to condemn the violence. Dude's been condemning the violence the entire time, calling for law enforcement. And now he's taking action to do something. What do you do, Joe Biden? You hide in your basement. Or you go out and give a speech to six people in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a room. Can't even speak straight. They say, the Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt previously announced 
His office would presumptively decline to prosecute certain misdemeanor charges stemming from from the protests, a move which resulted in criticism from law enforcement agencies, including state police in mid-August. Quote, OSP is not criticizing any officials, and we respect the authority of the Multnomah County District Attorney. But to meet the governor's charge of bringing violence to an end, we will use all lawful methods at our disposal. An Oregon State Police spokesperson said, you see, OSP was brought in to get the feds out. The left was complaining over and over again about Donald Trump having the pact officers, CBP, ICE, uh, I believe uh, Federal Protective Services and U.S. Marshals guarding the Multnomah County courthouse, the federal, I'm sorry, the the federal courthouse in the in Multnomah County. They said, we got to get the feds out of here. The feds are the ones, you know, stoking the violence. And so finally, the governor announced the feds were withdrawing. Well, DHS said that's not true. We're just going to defer to the state police now. They brought in an outside police department, the state police, to police the riots. The state police retreated. They gave up. You know why? They said everyone we arrest is getting cut loose. And we know what happens when they do this. People are dead now. This, this, this may be one of the worst mayors we have ever seen in the history of our country. I say that because I don't have a history of mayors. I'm sure there's like, you know, I was going to mention the dog mayor, but actually I think the dog mayor probably does a good job because he keeps everyone happy and he's like chill about it. You, you, know, you know those stories where like a small town will like a dog to be their mayor or something. I'm pretty sure there's probably been like drunken, corrupt mayors. Fine. But this guy, I'm going to say, I think Ted Wheeler is corrupt, absolutely corrupt and spineless. He attacks Donald Trump while his own citizens are dying and while he even acknowledges that the far left extremists are trying to kill people and he still does nothing, nothing. When they try to burn down his own building, what does he do? Runs, runs and hides. That's it. That's the best thing he can do. Dude's super rich, apparently, too. They say it is unclear at this time whether all arrests made by deputized state police troopers will be prosecuted on a federal level or if assaults or troopers at protests will result in charges of assault on a federal officer. KOIN 6 News has reached out for further clarification. In a statement, a spokesperson for Oregon Governor Kate Brown's office said some troopers were federally deputized earlier this summer in order to enter the Mark O. Hatfield Federal Courthouse, which had been the epicenter of protests for the first two months. They are committed to working with our community with the goal of protecting free speech, keeping the peace and keeping people safe as they exercise their right to peacefully protest. The spokesperson said in a statement, adding, the U.S. attorney and Multnomah County D.A. work together every day deciding which cases we'll, uh, uh, each will prosecute. The news of state police troopers being deputized by U.S. Marshals, which was first reported by freelance journalist Deborah Bloom, came a day after sheriffs from surrounding counties declined to send in deputies to help Multnomah County and the Portland Police Bureau, Bureau after Governor Brown outlined a law enforcement plan to respond to the unrest. One person was shot and killed Saturday night near a pro-Trump caravan rally and counter and counter protest in downtown Portland, bringing a renewed spotlight on the city that has seen more than 90 days of consecutive protests and hundreds of and hundreds of resulting arrests. Look at this video. This is a a video. I I can't play it, but it's from Andy. No happening now. Antifa black bloc militants surround the Seattle PD East precinct in the heart of the former Chaz and throw incendiary devices at the building. They recently barricaded the door with quick drying cement and set the building on fire. Yeah, they arrested a guy for that. These black clad lunatic extremists are in in a video lobbing Molotov cocktails. I, I believe they're incendiary devices, but they look like Molotovs at the police building. And then once they get a good fire going, they all start running away in a crowd. How do you deal with this? Is this a criminal conspiracy? 
Is this an insurgency? These people are all wearing the same thing and they're throwing dangerous weapons. They're using deadly weapons that could result in death. Well, I'll tell you what. Donald Trump has called the violence in Kenosha domestic terrorism. He's right. It needs to be said. It absolutely does. I, I, I know we, you've seen the videos. We've talked about this when they demand people bend the knee and salute. They'll argue that those are just the peaceful protests. Let me show you. Let me show you a headline from The New York Times. Journalist quits Kenosha paper in protest of its Jacob Blake rally coverage. Daniel Thompson, an editor at the Kenosha News, resigned over a headline that highlighted. Here we go. A speaker who made a threat during a peaceful protest. Um, threats, threats are not free speech. I, uh, I believe threats of violence are actually crimes. I don't, I, you know, it's an interesting point. They're saying the protest is peaceful because no one's doing anything, but the person said he was going to kill people. If you have a rally of people and you get up and say that you're going to go kill people, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's your, your, uh, that's, uh, that's criminal. And I don't know if we can call that a peaceful protest. I don't know what you'd call it, though. It's an interesting conundrum, right? Let, let, let me ask you. You got peaceful protests where people are waving little flags and saying, you know, change the law and, you know, reform the police. And I'm like, ah, here, here. And then you've got riots where people are like smashy, smashy, and they're running around burning things down. But what do you call it when you have a big rally of people and they're saying it's time to kill? It's not a peaceful protest. It, is, it is, is, it, is it like an insurgent rally? <laughs> it's not particularly violent, but it's criminal. A, a criminal insurgent? I don't know what you call it. But this guy was upset because some dude stood up at a rally and said that because they killed one of theirs, they were going to kill some of theirs. And then what did we get? Dude in Portland got shot in the chest twice. This dude was upset by, no, no, look, he quit his job. Whatever. Good. I mean, when I see this, he's mad and he's quitting. That's a, that's a good thing. That means these far left extremists are being weeded out of these, these newspapers and the media. Fine. But my question is, New York Times, it, what, is it a peaceful protest if they're threatening to kill people? I don't know. I don't know. Is, is, it, is, it, a conspira- is, is, it, is it a conspiracy at that point? Because think about it. This guy says he's going to do it. All these people cheer for it. And they're actively protesting, calling for protest. If these people then go engage in protest, is that not conspiracy to commit murder? Like, you know, this guy is going to go kill people. He said he's going to do it. And you go provide him crowd support. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about that one. Comment below and let me know what you think. But Trump has not. Uh, uh, Trump, Trump's going straight for it. Domestic terror. I'll tell you what. When you have people at a rally and they're saying things like they will kill someone. They're telling all of the people of this city, many of many of these people, these extremists don't actually live there. They're letting you know, if you do not do what we want, violence is coming your way. And people then get scared, get backed into a corner and have if they feel like they have no choice, they can't do anything. That's why the, the mayor of Portland may be one of the most dangerous individuals in politics right now, because you've got terrorists overrunning his city. He does nothing about it. He runs. They attack his condo. He runs. He refuses to do anything. He absolutely does. He just complains. And then he complains about Trump. Dude could even easily just be like, Trump, send him on in. Bring in the feds. Shut her down. He won't do that. So that's dangerous. He's allowing the extremists ground to romp about and terrorize people. Well, you know what, man? Trump's not a fascist. That's just absurd. Trump is very much so 
in line with the presidents we've had. Some people have actually compared him to Bill Clinton in terms of policy and rhetoric. So like not, not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying he's identical. I'm saying there are certain things about him that people liked that reminded them of, of Clinton in terms of policy issues. They say Trump is like where Democrats used to be. There are some problems there. I can understand why the never Trumpers are freaking out because Trump's a moderate and the conservative, like the old school never Trumpers don't like that a moderate and you know, Trump has his issues, has taken over the party. It's an insurgency. But Trump is doing things that the Democrats supported 10 years ago, not even 10 years ago. But they call him a fascist. Well, I'll tell you what, man, the, the, the feds have deputized these police, which is a good thing. And now we may actually see Trump uh, get, take control of this. I mean, it's the smartest thing. I didn't even think of this. I can't believe I didn't even think about deputizing local you know, uh, state police so that the feds can prosecute. It's brilliant. No insurrection act, no federal law enforcement, but the federal prosecutors can, can, can arrest, can, you know, can charge these people. That's brilliant. I've, people have been saying insurrection act over and over again. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I think Trump just figured it out and I'm happy about it. And I think people are recognizing this and they're going to vote for Trump in droves. But you know what worries me? The red mirage they're saying is going to happen. Oh yeah. Trump's going to landslide on election night. But then once the mail-in ballots come in from various places over a week, Biden will win. That's going to be freaky, man. Could you, uh, the, the, the Trump, oh man, the Trump team just put out this, uh, the Trump, the Trump team just put out an ad. It's a, or, or a clip, I should say. And it's Joe Biden. I have no idea what he's trying to say. He's like, can you, can you imagine? It took a hundred, hundred year, one year, a hundred year, uh, you know, look. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know what you're saying, dude. And Trump said, does anybody really think like this guy should run the country or, or that this great USA should have this man as his leader? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. So here's the result. I think people are going to run to Trump because Trump's not all that bad. They lie about him in the media all day, every day, and people are starting to wake up. And when it came to the, the months of rioting, the reality is Trump is the only one who's act- actively solving this. They say this is Trump's America. That's what Joe Biden's trying to say. Okay, yeah, in Trump's America, the feds deputized state police, and now they're coming for the extremists. They didn't have to interfere in local affairs. It's the local police still making the rest as they see fit. He didn't have to invoke the Insurrection Act and send in the military or National Guard or anything like that. They solved the problem. Let's see if they can get the job done. But I'm impressed. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. A video has started to go viral. It's titled The Murder of Aaron J. Danielson. It has to do with the man in Portland, the Trump supporter who was killed by what, who, a person we believe to be a far leftist. It is important to stress right now there is still a lot we don't understand. While there is a man under investigation, he has not, not been proven guilty. And it's hard to know for sure if the guy that people are claiming is the shooter actually is the shooter. I think there's reason to suggest yeah, it looks like this guy has got a Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck. But there's a bunch of threads going viral alongside this video talking about well-trained Antifa hit squads. I believe many of these theories are way over the top, making wild assertions about what people are doing and why they're doing it. And I think that is just it's it's I, I'm not a fan of it. I'll put it that way. Listen, as it as, as it goes with any theory pertaining to some kind of high intensity moment when news is just breaking, particularly conspiracy theories, people have a tendency to make a conclude, draw their conclusion and then try and work back to prove that you can't do that. What we need to do is take a look at what happened and then move forward 
to fit to find out where that leads us. Now, it is fair to say you could have a hypothesis and say, here's what I think so far and move in that direction. I think some of these Twitter threads are a bit too much. So I want to I want to try and actually walk many of these back and make sure people can keep a, 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 a level head about these things. But I have to say in this video, after having watched it, there are many things around the murder of Aaron Danielson that need to be highlighted. And we need police and probably the feds to investigate. I do not think anyone is helping by speculating about death squads and Antifa and tactical teams and whatever this stuff means. But I do believe there are people who may be involved in this potential accomplices at the very least. Strange vehicles waiting as this man gets killed before anything happens. Vehicles pulling up with people jumping out immediately, wearing balaclavas and running up to the body. It's all very strange. And while I'm not, I, I think it's wrong for people to point out that the well-trained international hit squads is ridiculous. It could be something as very simple as they went on the prowl to kill a Trump supporter. They targeted him saying, we got him right here. We got a couple right here. Pull it out here. Yeah. Bang, bang. Seems like they wanted to kill a Trump supporter. And there were many people who are following and watching. And we need to question who these people are. That's the easiest way to put it. There's evidence in this video that something strange is happening. Let me show you this. Let me, let me show you some of this video. Hopefully it plays. They say this was terrorism. It starts by showing just a man walking around live streaming. He stops and takes a look at a, a look over at, at some art moving forward in this video, which I am not a fan of. They make several assertions about what the cameraman is doing and how they believe he's involved. He's a spotter. I, I don't I don't care for any of this. OK, Sometimes people film. Sometimes cars are driving. I don't think it helps anybody to speculate, but but I got to point out where it gets weird. To highlight some art, he mentions in this video, there's a kill box. But I want to show you particularly where things get weird. He says spotter identifies victim by hat. Now stop. In this video, where we're at right now, let me move back a little bit. You see these two cars to the left. They're just stopped in the middle of the road. This is the first question I had. Why? In this video, they try to claim that the SUV on the left is some kind of control vehicle. Sure, I'm, I bet there are people who want to make, you know, draw conclusions. You can't do that. Okay. Listen, my point is there's threads with thousands of retweets and we do not want conspiracy theories to muddy the actual investigation of what happened. Okay. Now there's some valid points here. These two vehicles, you can see the man right here. I'm highlighting him. This is the alleged shooter wearing white. Standing behind him are the two Trump supporters, the two uh, right wing individuals. What is this vehicle on the, on, to the left of them? Just stopped in the middle of the road, not pulled over, not, on, not, not pulled up to the curb, nothing. It's just in the middle of the road, along with an SUV. They're both just sitting in the middle of the road. This is weird. It's very, very weird. I saw that and I ignore all of the theories and I say, why would there be two vehicles that went through the intersection and then stopped and waited next to the Trump supporters? This man then walks up and he yells, we got him right here. We got a couple right here. Now, the friend of the victim has said law enforcement needs to handle this. And that's absolutely correct. I believe they were saying that it was, it was targeted. Now, as we move forward, this is after the instant. So you can't really see anything. Check this out. This is one of the weirdest things to me. Almost immediately, 
they mention a black charger runs the red light and pulls up behind the target. Where did this charger come from? And why is it that immediately from out of this vehicle emerge individuals wearing balaclavas, wearing ski masks? They get out and they run up to the body or to the victim. I'm sorry, man. This is really weird stuff. Now, I want to break some of this stuff down. Listen, they immediately start saying that they're using a flashlight to, to look for bullet shells and they're cleaning the scene and that their goal is to provide false testimony. Now, hold on, man. Hold on, man. We can't have this, okay? We have video. We're going through it. The police need to investigate. But I will point out another thing. One of the SUV that was sitting in the middle of the road, not moving, they drove in there, they stopped. What were they doing? I don't know. They now pull up to the scene and just sit there. There's explanations for this, okay? It could be that they were honking because they were going to pick somebody up. I mean, typically, if people were doing that, they'd pull up to the curb. So I think it's very, very weird. And uh, uh, sure. And they pull up to the side of the road because they witnessed it and maybe want to tell police, like, I was, you know, chilling and then this happened. And the reason why this black charger may have pulled up with, you know, Antifa looking people inside of it is because there was a massive protest and people were driving around throughout the city. There's explanations for all of this. But I think it's fair to say that at, that at the bare minimum, the speculation we have is that they're, they're, these people were looking for someone. They, the guy was armed. He had been arrested and released before. He said, we got him right here. I wonder if they were specifically looking for this individual. I honestly just don't know. But we're seeing a lot of threads about this. Jack Murphy said, open air assassination, coordinated hit teams, trained and practiced killers, premeditated, more is coming. I don't agree. Absolutely not. We are not at the point where we can make any of these assumptions. It, it's, it, listen, this is how they get you. This is why I can't stand conspiracy theories. A guy was murdered in Portland. You know it. A Trump supporter had his life ended. We know this happened. And 4chan found who, who we believe to be the shooter, a man now under investigation, who his own sister identified. And he's got a Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck. We don't need to go beyond this. The point of this video and the point of what I'm saying to you right now is that these threads, in my opinion, are damaging and dangerous, and we do not want conspiracy theories. I highlight these vehicles so law enforcement can simply question them. It's a black charger and a black SUV. These people should be brought in for questioning to ask what happened, what were they doing, why were they, why were they there, and to get an accurate assessment of how this all went down. Could it be there were hit teams? Oh, yes, for sure. Fine. But that's not where anybody should have their minds right now. The first thing we do is say, what happened? Who was there? Who are these people? Investigate. And it takes months to do this. Now, you got to move quick. Law enforcement needs to move fast on this because these vehicles are probably long gone. They're going to change their plates. Who knows what if they really are involved in these things? Considering, in my opinion, that's substantially less likely than the fact that in reality, some like think life is boring. OK, my, my, my assumption is why did the charger speed through the red light and then pull it behind them? Because they just saw gunshots and someone run from the scene and they saw a guy collapse in the street. So now you have some Antifa types who watched it happen, pull up, and they're like, whoa, what just happened? A lot of people are speculating as to what, what these people were doing. You don't know, man. For all we know, they were cosplayers. Like, I, I know it's absurd to suggest, but I'm just saying you just don't know. So here's the thread. Carlos Azuita has a thread, 
And he says one last point about the Portland Antifa death squad murder of Aaron J. Dickinson. For all you folks talking about what you do, these killers picked up a target, murdered him and escaped in 14 seconds. Let me tell you what that means. I almost don't want to read this thread because it's just too over the top. Now, I know a lot of people have suggested they've worked in law enforcement and they've worked in these kinds of things. And therefore, what they're saying is true. If, if I, I don't buy it, anybody who's doing a real investigation knows it takes more than several Internet videos and speculation to determine what actually happened. Look, while I think it's strange, there were two vehicles just chilling in the middle of the road doing nothing when all this went down. Sometimes these things happen. And, and when you when you speculate, you 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 muddy the waters and you make it harder to actually solve the actual crime. Because I'll tell you this right now. Maybe it's true. All right. I'll give it to you. Maybe it's true. What do you think is going to happen when you go to your friend, someone who's not paying attention, and you start telling them about death squads surrounding a guy and, and, and you know, tactical teams jumping out of cars? They're going to be like, dude, you're nuts. What are you talking about? That's crazy. That's that's crazy, man. They're going to think you're crazy. So what if it's true? And then you go around, you know, frantically telling people that tactical teams are doing this. You discredit the actual investigation. And then what happens is the media comes out and says Trump supporters are pushing wild and insane theories about death squads with multiple vehicles and tactical teams. And it's the most insane thing you've ever heard. And people will say that is insane. Now, is it possible? Like I said, of course it is. But you're sounding you're sounding crazy. I know. That's why I can't stand conspiracy theories. It goes like the, the WikiLeaks emails, all of these things. It's like, listen, you, you do proper investigations. Journalists know how to do this. The few that actually exist. You don't do this. He goes on to say, uh, first, I want to point out something I do not believe to be correct. So we'll, we'll, start, we'll try to debunk some of this. He says, someone yells, move, move, move. Hey, enemy clubs over here. The man did not say enemy club. He says, we got them right here or something to the, something like that. We got a couple right here. He didn't say enemy clubs. This is a problem with people just making threads off of, off of internet videos, but it's got 2,000 retweets. I don't like it when the left does this with Russiagate garbage. And I don't like it when people start watching internet videos and then putting them up saying, aha, this is what happened. And now you get 2,000 retweets and viral videos. I, I, don't, I, I, don't even, I don't even want to read this stuff, but I, I want to kind of debunk this. They were using a patrol formation straight out of intelligence manuals. The death squads were at least five people. Where, where do you, a, a scout, a gunman? Listen, man, I'm just, I'm just going to say no to this. I will point out in areas where I kind of agree, it's weird the vehicles were there. And also they point out the cameraman did not flinch. He just kept filming. That's really weird to me. It is because I've been on the ground and I have seen shootings and the cameraman's behavior the entire time to me is strange, but that's all it is. If you if you start taking all of these assumptions and, and, and drawing conclusions without proper investigation, then you just muddy the waters. I've been in situations where people have been shot. I've been in situations where uh, gunshots have rung out. We've hit the deck. And this whole thing to me is weird. And that warrants an investigation. These threads and these viral threads make it harder. But look, I was in Ferguson when gunshots went out. Here's what happens. You can watch the video. Vice News has it up on YouTube. It still exists. We all immediately drop to the floor. Nobody's shot, but you hear bullets ring out. Every person, except for a few moronic journalists, we all hit the deck. There's like one guy just standing there and another journalist I know yells, come here, come here, get down. 
in, in all of these circumstances, I've been at where shootings have gone off. We hit the deck. In the early days of the Ferguson riots, I was standing on West Florissant and we heard bang, 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 you know, pew, pew, pew. Every person drops to their knees or straight to the ground, save for a few journals have no idea what's going on. At the, uh, uh, coming back to Ferguson, after they announced that there would be no charges for Darren Wilson, we also heard gunshots outside of the police department. Everyone hit the deck. What happened here when this shooting rang out? They yelled, we got him right here, bang, bang. And the cameraman just stands there like nothing doing. Just, oh, wow, what's that? And then he walks over and starts filming. These vehicle, one vehicle speeds off, but the SUV just pull, just, just drives right over to the victim. A charger then pulls out and people jump out. So perhaps what they're saying is true. I can only tell you that the whole circumstance is weird. And these people weren't reacting like anybody I've ever seen to gunshots. And I think that's where this comes from. But it doesn't really prove anything, man. It really, really doesn't. You know, uh, other than that, I, don't, I really don't know what to say about these threads that are going viral. Other than, I, I, I know I said it, but I got to say it again, guys. You push these conspiracies too much and you make it harder to actually figure out who these people are and what they were doing. This is where we need it to wrap. We need law enforcement to find out who these ski mask wearing individuals were. We need law enforcement to find who that shooter was. We need law enforcement to track down that SUV and, 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 and question the driver and question witnesses. The man who filmed this should also be questioned. This is how an investigation works. Some people have said the police arrived much too quickly. That's not true. The cops were all around this area because of the ongoing unrest. It's just normal. I've seen this. Man, I don't like conspiracy theories. I think it's weird. And I don't think it's a conspiracy to suggest that a guy who matches the description of a far leftist yelling, we got him, was targeting a Trump supporter. But I think it's weird when you try claiming that tactical groups were doing this. I don't even want to make a video about this, but I kind of had no choice. I'll point out a couple other things just to just talk about what's going on in Portland in general. Listen, you guys got to understand Portland is is chaotic. And, uh, you know, CNN and many of these other outlets are doing their best to just cover up all of this. And I, I, I don't and I don't get it. There's real questions to be asked about what happened with this shooting. The media is going to do everything in their power to make sure no one knows about it. Recently, a C-SPAN caller confronted Brian Stelter saying that CNN is the enemy of the truth. Why? Well, take a look at this. I, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty. I might cover this a bit more later. Brian Seltzer wrote an article in July 20th saying right wing media plays up Portland protest violence. He does a whole segment saying that, you know, Portland isn't really that bad. And to this day, he says the same thing. And that's why I think that, that that's why I want to do this video, pulling back on all of these theories, because I'm telling you, man, you're going to get Brian Seltzer in two seconds highlighting this and you will never get a real investigation. He's going to claim that right-wing lunatics and conspiracy theorists are pushing insane theories about tactical hit squads patrolling the streets. No one will believe it, and they will be primed to ignore anything you have to say. He will poison the well. That's what he's been doing. Right-wing media plays up Portland violence, he says, on July 20th. Where are we today, Brian? A man was executed in the street. That we know. That literally happened. What about the, uh, so the, the other story I highlighted? Pro-Trump supporter fired paintballs as being sued a month ago. Well, they say last month. It's funny. It was only a couple weeks ago. Over 30 shots fired in northeast Portland. No injuries reported. 
Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler has to move now because they they've been attacking his condo and threatening residents. And Brian Seltzer says nothing to see here, folks. This is the weakness of people outside of mainstream media. They jump the gun and they immediately get discredited while you know you have the mainstream media doing everything in their power to shut you down. Listen, we know the violence is getting worse in Portland. We know Trump has talked about it. We know that Ted Wheeler has done nothing to stop it. Earlier this morning, I mentioned that Oregon State Police were deputized by the feds. This is going to allow them to arrest people, but then those people will be prosecuted by federal government, the federal government, because the DA in, in, in Multnomah isn't doing their job. But do not give fuel to the media to discredit and to smear. That's why I highlight this guy with the paintball gun. I'm going to tell you straight up, this guy, he probably, he, he, he did everything in his power to help Antifa and the far left. The, the, as soon as he came out with that paintball gun, and I, I believe he was also seen holding a 22 of some sort. Man, I got to tell you, these these far leftists were, 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 were saying, thank you. You know, Joe Biden was like, oh, finally, it's exactly what we needed. This guy helped them more than you could possibly imagine. Incoming narrative. Joe Biden's already blaming Trump supporters, and now they've got all the photos they need. And the lawsuit against this man, more evidence of Trump's evil right wing militias. This is why there's been conservatives saying, stay home, make money and go vote. You do not want to give the media fuel. And that's all we see when the, when these counter groups, you know, counter protest groups come out. So what happened when a bunch of Trump supporters went out and drove around in their vehicles? I'll tell you what happened. Check it out. First of all, there were people with paintball guns. There were some, you know, minor clashes. Somebody got shot and killed. Immediately, that shooting became fuel for Donald Trump. I mean, look, this is this is the fear that everybody had that Trump supporters were going to be gunned down eventually. Now, how could you possibly ruin what really happened? Let me tell you what really happened. Trump supporter was walking on the street. They shouted. They shouted out. They found somebody and someone we believe to be a far leftist killed him. And that immediately makes the whole circumstance nightmarish, dystopian and scary. And it proves the far left is dangerous and violent. And Donald Trump can come out and say, one of my supporters was killed. How do you disrupt that message and make sure that you take that power away and can carry on with the narrative about the dangerous far right, wild and unsubstantiated conspiracy theories? Now you have a story about a man who lost his life. What does it become? It becomes a story about insane QAnon right wingers who believe in creepy tactical cabals trying to kill them. And you immediately take the message away that a man was murdered by the far left. They've been doing this for a long time, arguing that Antifa hasn't killed anybody. Remember, even though, yeah, they've been there, there have been Antifa aligned individuals who have done really horrifying things. They, they repeatedly say the far right is the real threat. And then some guy comes out with a paintball gun and proves them right. Now, I know Antifa is the real threat. I know that they're extremists that, that, you know, you can call far right or whatever. But regular Trump supporters do not fit that bill. You get a far leftist who goes out and kills a guy. And immediately the left is in trouble. Their narrative is breaking down. Brian Stelter just said to ignore what's going on. Nothing's really happening. Uh oh, Brian Stelter and CNN's narrative is crumbling. A man was just executed. <laughs> and then on cue. 
wild and unsubstantiated conspiracy theories to give the left and the mainstream media all the fuel they need to divert from the Trump supporter killed to the insane wild conspiracy theories. That's why I can't stand it. I'm sorry. I I know I, I probably repeated myself too much in this, but it's because I'm angry and I'm trying to drive the point home that you cannot be going out with paintball guns and guns to confront these people. The media wants you to do that. It's the weapon they use against you. They are not on your side and they will not treat you fairly. This man who was killed isn't even getting a fair shake. In Kenosha, they're blaming the kid who was running and being attacked. That's what happens. We had um, Elijah Schaefer on the IRL podcast last night, and he mentioned that what started the confrontation in Kenosha was that Antifa had set a, uh, these, these extremists had set a dumpster on fire and were pushing it towards a gas station. And so they tried to put the fire out and then attacked this kid and he, and he tried to defend himself. The media won't give him a fair shake and they will ban you if you praise him in any way on Facebook and on Twitter. And now you have this. Don't let them take the narrative. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel and I will see you all then. One of the reasons Joe Biden doesn't give press conferences is because the man has no idea what's happening in this country and he probably can't grasp it either. Donald Trump has mocked Biden saying he doesn't even know he's alive. And I think it's a bit of an, uh, an obvious joke, but Joe Biden appears to be unable to absorb new information, or at least he's not trying to. In this story from the Post Millennial, Biden confuses basic facts about murder of Trump supporter in incoherent press conference. That's true. But it actually sounds like he's blaming the Trump supporter who died or making it seem like the Trump supporters killed somebody or something. I don't know what he's trying to say. He clearly didn't read the news. How can we expect this man to lead this country if he doesn't know what's happening? And one of the most extreme examples of violence yet, the man is apparently going to be running a $45 million ad run for one week talking about law and order. And he doesn't even know about the dude who was executed in the street. So no, save your money. You're just lighting it on fire. But let's read the story. Post Millennial says, Joe Biden finally took questions today after delivering some remarks before traveling to Kenosha, Wisconsin tomorrow. Biden appeared to blame Trump supporters in Portland for someone shot by someone in the crowd with a bullet killed. He was asked if he agreed with running mate Kamala Harris statements that the officer who shot Jacob Blake in the city should be charged. It appears that he said yes, those officers should be charged, as well as the officers involved in the death of Brandon Taylor. Here's, the, here, here's Joe Biden coming out, knowing nothing about what's going on, but thinking people should be charged with crimes. He couldn't even tell you what's happening. He probably doesn't even know. He's hiding in his basement and he's probably sleeping all day. Quote, I think we should let the judicial system work its way. I do think there's a minimum need to be cha- uh, charged, the officers, and as well as Brandon Taylor. Wait, what? Come on, man. And I might add, by the way, I think what happened in Portland, where a one of the Trump guys riding along in vans, inciting response, shooting rubber bullets, I guess, or paintballs. Apparently, there was someone shot by someone in the crowd with a bullet killed. I think that person should meet the legal requirements of whatever that calls for. It should be investigated and it should follow through on what needs to be done. What? I'm sick of it, man. You turn on CNN, they're like, no, no, Joe Biden's fine. I, I can't even read these quotes. I have no idea what he's saying. I don't even know. I, let's make sure justice is done. That I understood, I guess. 
of the Biden campaign had criticized President's, uh, President Trump's planned visit to Kenosha, Wisconsin, saying the city needed time to heal. Biden will be heading there tomorrow for his own campaign stop. Biden stated that he was the first to call for the Defense Production Act to be put into place in early in the pandemic. I don't care about that right now. We're talking about a man who was killed and Joe Biden not even taking out 10 seconds to read a news article. Think about that. How hard is it to open up Google and say, man shot Portland and read the article? It'd take you a minute or two, Joe, and you couldn't even do that, let alone form a cohesive sentence to condemn the murderers who carried out the act. Biden also noted as president and despite being a constitutionalist, he would put pressure on state cities and businesses to require people to wear face masks. So there's just the story. But let me tell you something. Do you think the media is giving us a fair shake? No. When it comes to Joe Biden, most news outlets, what they do is they complete his sentences for him or they don't even quote him because the dude isn't speaking English. I have no idea what these quotes are supposed to mean. And I'm upset by it, to be honest. Here's the glorious story from CNN. DHS withheld intelligence bulletin warning about Russian misinformation attack on Biden's mental health. We needed the Russians to convince us that Joe Biden's got something wrong with his brain. I guess Joe Rogan's secretly working for the Russians because he said the same thing as the rest of us. How stupid do you have to believe? I'm sorry. I pulled a Biden. I'm sorry. How stupid do you have to be to believe? See, that was, that's, I'm, I'm getting Biden on this one. I'm so frust, flustered and frustrated. How dumb you got to be to believe that when I criticize Joe Biden's mental uh, health and his inability to speak, that it was, it's actually the Russians funding it or some kind of Russian misinformation play. Do these people think that like someone told me that Joe Biden, uh, you know, like, like, the, like some Russian agent said, hey, what about Joe Biden's mental health? No, I just I just watched him give a press conference and I said, I have no idea what this man is saying. And now they're trying to tell everybody. Russia. CNN says the Department of Homeland Security in July withheld an intelligence bulletin warning of a Russian plot to spread misinformation regarding Joe Biden's mental health, according to a report from ABC News on Wednesday. Did you guys know that Joe Biden's had brain aneurysms and he's had to have brain surgery because of it? I'm not trying to disparage the guy. It's, it's a perfect example of why he struggles to speak. He's even said the surgery or the aneurysm could affect his speech centers. So I'm not trying to drag the guy. But do you think someone like this is capable of being president? I don't. In a draft of the bulletin obtained by the network titled Russia likely to denigrate health of U.S. candidates to influence from 20 election. Analysts said with high confidence that Russian malign influence, uh, Russian malign influence actors are likely to continue denigrating presidential candidates through allegations of poor mental or physical health to influence the outcome of the 2020 election. According to ABC News, the bulletin also raised efforts by China and Iran to criticize President Donald Trump. The network reported, OK, if the report is saying both candidates, why are they framing it like it's targeting Joe Biden? Why is the headline about Biden's mental health and not Trump's? Ah, because the narrative must be that Russia is helping Trump. I get it. The bulletin was submitted July 7th to the DHS Legislative and Public Affairs Office for review. And according to emails obtained by ABC News, was to be distributed to state, federal and local law enforcement, but not to the public on July 9th. Emails also show, according to the network, that DHS Chief of Staff John Gauntanis stopped the bulletin from being sent out. 
please hold on sending this one out until you have a chance to speak with Acting Secretary of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf. CNN has reached out to DHS for comment. News of the blocked intelligence bulletin comes nearly two months before the the 2020 presidential election and amid concern over Russian interference in the election. In August, U.S. intelligence officials presented information to lawmakers and presidential campaigns signaling that Russia is behind an ongoing disinformation push targeting the former vice president, William R. Ivanina, director of the National Counterintelligence, Counterintelligence and Security Center, and the U.S. intelligence community's top election security official also said in August that Russia is working to denigrate former Biden, former Biden's White House bid and former uh, Biden's former Biden's White House bid. And China prefers an outcome where Trump is not reelected. So we, we, we've, we've heard this. OK, we've heard. I think Nancy Pelosi said it that, uh, well, it, it was it was an intelligence report. And then Nancy Pelosi repeated it. Russia would prefer Trump. China and Iran would prefer Joe Biden. Yeah, because Joe Biden's probably going to want to do the nuclear deal. And he's going to start giving into China's demands again. Let me tell you, there's a lot of reasons to oppose Joe Biden. His uh, capitulation to far left demands, not completely, but enough. His denigration of law enforcement, where he's saying these guys should be charged before there's even been there's even been a formal investigation. Even Darren Wilson got a formal investigation. Joe Biden, outside of all of these things, is just look, it's not necessarily about his cognitive ability. That's what I'm trying to say. It's about his unwillingness. It's about his lack of enthusiasm. I'll put it simply. Joe Biden does not want to be president. I've talked about it before. We can make fun of him, but I think a lot of this mental decline stuff that we see is just him being like, I don't want to be here. What am I doing? He clearly doesn't read the news. He's, he doesn't want to go on the campaign trail. Has anyone considered that the reason Joe Biden doesn't travel, it's not because he's old and feeble. It's because he doesn't want to be president. He doesn't want to campaign. He doesn't want to read the news. The dude's retired. He wants to sit around, watch an old golf game reruns and mind his own business. Now, it's 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 probably a combination of the fact that he's old and feeble. Sure. But I don't think it has to do with his uh, his ability for the most part. I think his abilities are in question. Yes. But I think he just doesn't want to be here. I think he's going to lose. I think they know it. And I think the strategy the Democrats have is to delegit is to delegitimize the election. Trump, Trump cheated. It should have been Biden. Uh, Joe Biden's barely doing anything. He's only now deciding to go to Kenosha. He's give, he, when he was in Pittsburgh, you know, what he did. He was like he was in an empty room. It was like six people socially distanced. He talked and then he left, took no questions. He took questions this time and boy, he looked dumb. And that's probably why. But I think this story from the post millennial gives it breaks it down very, very simply. When he talks about, you know, a guy, I guess, you know, paintballs, apparently uh, someone was shot in the crowd, you know, killed. He doesn't care. He doesn't care somebody's dead. He can't be president. He doesn't care about Americans. He doesn't care about the lives of those who are killed. He doesn't even read the news because he doesn't want to be here. And because of it, he's now essentially blamed the guy who died or some other Trump supporter when we know we, we, we believe strongly. I, I want to say innocent until proven guilty. It was a far left guy who did this. Will you vote for this? Seriously? Will anyone vote for this guy? People will. They hate Trump that much. They hate Trump so much they would elect a man who doesn't have the ability to be president, who doesn't want to be president, and doesn't even know what's happening with people dying. For shame. Whatever, man. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly.
Donald Trump has roasted the hypocritical Nancy Pelosi for going to get her hair done at a salon when the city is locked down and you're not allowed to do it. And Nancy Pelosi, who's also told people to wear their masks, wasn't wearing a mask because these people are hypocrites. They want power. Rules for thee, but not for me. And Trump's calling her out. Well, let's read about good old Pelosi and what Trump has to say. Daily Mail says Donald Trump mocks crazy Nancy Pelosi over her visit to closed hair salon in defiance of COVID rules, saying turning her in on tape is a big deal and claiming Republicans will flip the house and send Nancy packing. Maybe people are fleeing San Francisco. Inventory is up like 98 percent. President Trump mocked House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for getting for uh, for getting caught maskless at a beauty salon flaunting San Francisco COVID-19 rules. The beauty parlor owner must really dislike crazy Nancy Pelosi. Turning her in on tape is real is a really big deal. Trump tweeted Wednesday morning. She probably treats him like she treats everyone else. And she strongly supported a, a Kennedy who just lost in, of all places, Massachusetts. That is crazy, by the way. Another tweet in, in another tweet on the topic. Trump boasted, we will almost certainly take back the house. On Tuesday, Fox News reported that Pelosi had visited a San Francisco beauty salon the day before for a wash and blowout and was seen on the salon security camera walking around without a mask. Do as I say, not as I do, says Kaylee McEnany. San Francisco beauty parlors weren't supposed to open until September 1st, the next day, and services were to be done outside only. The salon owner, Erica Kaios, called Pelosi's visit a slap in the face that she went in, you know, that she that that she feel that she can just go and get get her stuff done while no one else can go in and I can't work. Kaios explained what happened. The owner rents out chairs to different stylists. And one of the stylists took on Pelosi as a client when the house speaker's normal stylist was unavailable. The stylist reached out to Kaios Sunday night. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Do I let this happen? What do I do? Kaios uh, told Fox News, adding that she can't control what her individual stylists do. So uh, for those that aren't familiar, when you have a salon, you rent out chairs. So basically, if someone has a, a chair, they have keys, they can go in and they use the chair. It's, it's, like, a, it's like a co-op building. So, so apparently the salon owner was like, I don't want Pelosi to do this. This is a slap in the face. But Pelosi, you know, she went through one of the people renting the chair. Pelosi's deputy chief of staff, Drew Hamill, said in a statement that the speaker always wears a mask and complies with local COVID requirements. He added that the speaker followed the rules as they were presented to her by the stylist. This business offered for the speaker to come in on Monday and told her they were allowed by the city to have one customer at a time in the business. Hamill told Fox News, the speaker complies with the rules as presented to her by this establishment. Wonderful Pelosi, but ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. As they say, it's your responsibility to make sure you are following proper COVID guidelines. This is, we, we have seen this over and over again. It is always in these democratic jurisdictions. Stop electing these people who just want power. They will slap in your face and they will piss on you and tell you it's raining. And this is true for many Republicans as well. But right now, it's not the Republican states that are locking down and arresting people for running their businesses. It's the Democrat controlled areas. It is not the Republicans saying we need more lockdowns. In fact, the Republicans have resisted. And Donald Trump has said, no, we need to reopen our businesses. But it's the Democrats and it's the likes of Pelosi that call on us to follow their rules. 
that they themselves will not follow. They say Kaios was still angry. We have been shut down for so long, not just me, but most of the small businesses, and I just can't. It's a feeling, a feeling of being deflated, helpless, and honestly beaten down. I have been fighting for six months for a business that took me 12 years to build, to reopen. I am a single mom. I have two small children and I have no income. The fact that they did this and she came in, it's like a slap in the face. Please go out, share these videos, share this news with your friends and family politely. Don't get heated. Just say, I'm not going to vote for somebody who would flaunt COVID rules. I am not going to vote for people who cheer for protests where people go out with no masks. I am not going to support these people that would spit in our faces. I'm not saying the Republicans are the right answer, but I'll tell you what. Did you know that San Francisco, I believe, is one of the only cities in the country, if not the only, that has a public poop department? Yeah, it's funny. Ha ha ha. It's really funny. Everybody laughs. We got a fire department here in my town. We've got a low. It's, it's, I believe the fire department here is, is actually for my city. I live in a small town. We got a local police department. Cities have these, uh, you know, public health services, EMS. San Francisco has a public poop department, a, a, a public feces department, I suppose. Their job is to be deployed when people call in human feces on the street. And they keep electing the same people over and over again. Why? Why do we have to live this way? San Francisco is the perfect example of the oligopoly that they want this country to become. The, the ivory tower elites of Silicon Valley living in these, in these massive, expensive buildings, while the cities are festering with homeless people suffering, human waste in the streets. And you know what they do? Instead of solving their problems, they say, just form a poop department and have the taxpayer cover the costs. Could you imagine living in a place like this? There's a map that tracks the human waste in San Francisco. And you pull it up on Google Maps, and it's a brown splotch over San Francisco. You know why? There are so many tagged instances that the markers cover the entire city and make the whole map brown. You got to zoom in to like the, the, the block level all the way down to the streets to see these things. That's Nancy Pelosi's district where she gleefully walks in with no mask, flaunting the rules, but lets your city rot to the core. You know, the, the police officers can't even afford to live in San Francisco. It's a huge problem. I remember hearing a story about cops in San Francisco that were being pretty rough with some tech bro who got pulled over. And they were mad because these tech bros are pricing out the actual public, ser- uh, public services uh, individuals, the employees, firefighters and police officers don't get paid enough by the city to be able to live in the city itself. So they have long commutes. Many are leaving and giving up. They have to hire a group of people to go around with hoses to clean up human feces. Does your city have a poop department? Who, what kind of, what kind of a politician runs your city? Is it a Democrat? Well, most of the, 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 the crimes per capita, the highest crimes per capita are Democrat-run cities. I can't believe, I, I, you know, we've let it get this bad. Yet people would keep electing the Democrats as their city rots. And you know what? To an extent, I blame the electorate. You know why? What happens now that the city's fallen apart? They all run. They run and flee. They're saying, oh, no, I voted for all this. I better get out of here. I'm a non-voter for the most part. 
I don't vote for local Democrats, and maybe I should now make a change and start voting for something else. Perhaps the Republican is the right choice just because of the most likely to win, and there's something different. But I'll tell you this. In San Francisco, you're seeing a mass exodus. These people have voted, not all of them, they voted for these Democrats. When the Democrats then come in and destroyed this city, what do they do? They run. They go to Arizona, and they bring with them these ideas. They will come in. They will vote for, for the same policies that will destroy everything around them, extracting what they can from the taxpayer and then leaving. There's a really interesting idea that I was seeing uh, shared on Twitter about why it was necessary that only landowners could vote. I don't agree with that premise, but the idea was if anyone could vote, someone could walk in and say, I live here now, let me vote. Then they'd vote and then they'd leave. We can't have that because you end up with a class of people that come in, vote for policies that strip the taxpayer of their money, you know, of their, you know, the tax, the funds go to the public. Then they say, vote for these things to empower me and give me free stuff. They get it. Then they leave after the city is left in shambles. Now, I certainly think we're well beyond a time where only landowners can vote. I don't think it works. And we do have restrictions that make sense. You have to live in a certain area for a certain amount of time that I get, but you can leave at any time. And that still presents a problem. You could live somewhere for a couple of years and enjoy the fruits of the labors of the taxpayer and keep voting for things that benefit you. And then once you've extracted everything, you just up and leave. Maybe we need something that says not only do you have to live somewhere for a certain amount of time, not be a landowner, but you also can't vote somewhere else if you move for a certain amount of time. You see what I'm saying? So let's say it's like you leave your your jurisdiction remains that place you lived in. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. But I'll tell you this. You look at someone like Nancy Pelosi and they kept putting her in power. They kept giving her the, the keys to the castle. And what has she done? for this jurisdiction other than just make everything worse. And these people are federal level politicians. How many people from California are in our Congress? It's like 57 or something, 55. I don't know. How much power does California have over the rest of the country? And I believe that is unjust. But we live, it's a system we have. And the Electoral College works similarly. But think about it this way. They complain that states like Montana get too much power with the Senate. Well, I would throw it right back at you and say California as a state has too much power with Congress. They get too many representatives from their state alone. And that means that, you know, where I live, you know, I'm, I'm in the suburbs in, in the Philly area. I got to adhere to what, what Nancy Pelosi wants, but she's a lunatic. Her city is in ruin. Don't let her policies ruin my, my neighborhood, my community. And that's the way the system works, though. So we got to vote them out. It's the best we can do. I hope people wake up. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in just a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. In this country, we have the right to peaceably assemble. There are some limitations sometimes, and I'm willing to entertain certain arguments. But for the most part, you know, I'm not an absolutist. I think we can have reasonable, reasonable conversations. But for the most part, we must absolutely defend and support the right for us and anyone to peaceably assemble. The Proud Boys have announced that they will be returning to Portland to defend free speech, their First Amendment rights, and call out the violent, you know, far left extremism. As much as I personally respect the First Amendment and believe they absolutely have the right to do it, and if they want to, that's their deal, this will be, in my opinion, one of the greatest gifts to the left and the anti-Trump resistance 
than, than anything ever done by anyone. We are coming off of right now a Trump supporter being executed in Portland in what looks like a targeted attack that it appears based on the, the person under investigation, assuming this is the right guy. And it does look like it. The far left was hunting down a Trump supporter and they killed him. I do not believe I, I, I should say I do believe that they will continue and try and hunt down more Trump supporters and right wing individuals. But if the Proud Boys show up and as they've stated in this article, defend themselves, then the only thing you will see from that point on until election night are videos of right wing individuals attacking people. They don't care if it's defense and they won't tell the truth. The Proud Boys will be inadvertently handing over massive propaganda tools and and, and weapons to the left. And I got to be fair, they're allowed to do it. In my personal opinion, I think it's a bad idea, but they are allowed to do it so long as they're peaceably assembling like they say they intend to. Well, then they can. But I think it's going to hurt Donald Trump. I think it's going to hurt the right and it's going to greatly benefit the far left extremists who are thirsty for media play. You see, the left has routinely demonized the Proud Boys. Given any opportunity, they will claim the Proud Boys are the instigators and the violent ones and the one, you know, and, and the bad guys. This will be exactly what they need just before an election. Let me read what they write from the website endantifa.com. The boys are back in town. Wheeler's inaction leads to loss of life, property destruction, complete carnage in Portland. In this image, you can see, I believe, uh, I believe it's Joe Biggs and Enrique Tario shaking hands. It says, The Proud Boys, an international men's fraternal organization dedicated to protecting Western values and a return to the nuclear family, will return to Portland, Oregon to address 90 plus days of lawlessness and depravity allowed by Mayor Ted Wheeler. As Antifa and Black Lives Matter thugs assault brave law enforcement officers with impunity and gun down peaceful Trump supporters in the streets, the impotent and feckless Ted Wheeler has not only tied the hands of the brave men and women of the Portland Police Bureau. He has gone as far to participate in violent anarchist activity and refused to ask for the National Guard or other federal officers to help quell the unrest across Portland. Well, I got to stop you there, fellas. You're actually incorrect. It's not that he, he hasn't asked for it. He's outright rejected it. Yeah, it's worse than you actually are making it out to be. Trump has routinely said he's got he's ready, willing and able. And the mayor said, nope, 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 nope. So it's actually worse. These are the facts. Instead of protecting Portlanders, Mayor Mayor Wheeler has promoted the lies of peaceful protests. As domestic terrorists and anarchist groups deface, destroy, and dehumanize Portland, minority-owned business have been torched. Federal courthouses and police stations set ablaze. Gun-running, drug-dealing, and assaults, violent melees, murder. As Mayor Mayor Wheeler has sat paralyzed by his tireless virtue signaling to the violent mob, groups like Antifa have been allowed to franchise their violent takeovers and bring them to cities all over America, Kenosha. Washington, D.C., New York, Minnesota, Chicago. Anarchists have all been assisted by Portland area Antifa and BLM leaders who have been allowed to thrive and raise big bucks to bring their domestic terrorist activities across the state lines. It's true. They have said in Kenosha and many other places, the same people seen in Portland are traveling around the country. Now, that's a federal matter. They got to come in and lock them up. Due to these factors, the Proud Boys will gather peacefully in Portland, Oregon, to end domestic terrorism on Saturday. September 26 at 12 p.m. at Terry Shrunk Plaza. Quote, this will be a peaceful gathering where we intend on exercising our First Amendment rights 
and take a stand against domestic terrorists and their enablers like Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler and Oregon Governor Kate Brown. If Black Lives Matter or Antifa show up with the intent on harming our attendees, we will not hesitate to defend ourselves legally and lawfully. The time for silence and complacency is over. While Ted Wheeler can flee downtown Portland to one of his many million dollar mansions far away from the city he represents, so many Portlanders don't have that luxury and deserve an immediate, so many Portlanders don't have that luxury and deserve an immediate restoration of law and order. They go on to say for more information about the Proud Boys and domestic terrorism rally, they say, please visit endantifa.com. They mentioned their website is Fund the West. And I think this is in no way going to help the right or conservatives or disaffected liberals or people like me. Listen, my biggest fear right now is absolutely not the Proud Boys, Tario or, or Joe Biggs. I don't care if a bunch of dudes with black polos are marching around waving American flags and then going to bars and getting drunk. That's what they did in Philadelphia. Couple uh, 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 Proud Boys, I guess, or actually, I think this is incorrect. I think it was Turning Point USA were accused of being Proud Boys. I'll tell you what happens. If they go out to Portland and march around and Antifa doesn't show up, I said it before, it's true. They'll march around singing songs and waving American flags. That's the end of it. They'll go to a bar, they'll get drunk, they'll go home and that's it. Antifa, on the other hand, shows up, smashes things, attacks people, and most recently killed a guy. But I'll tell you this. What happens if the Proud Boys go to Portland? What really happens? While I don't believe for the most part the, the Proud Boys will be the ones to start the violence, Antifa will seek to start the violence or try and provoke them into striking first. Typically that doesn't happen, but it might. They'll start surrounding them, heckling them, and throwing things at them. I would say in like, you know, nine, nine out of 10 instances, Antifa starts the fight. The Proud Boys tend to finish it. They've fought in Portland before. I believe if they go, there will be violence. The media will only take clips of the Proud Boys being violent. Then the Proud Boys, because they tend to work with law enforcement, will be the one to get arrested and charged. And right now, as the, as the district attorney is cutting loose these Antifa, they are going to take every single Proud Boy who steps even an inch over the line, lock them up and throw away the keys and parade that around to prove it's not true, but they'll claim that it is the violent right invading their towns. The media doesn't care to play fair. I don't I, I, I think, look, I have to stress, I get it. They have a right to protest peacefully and march as they as they would like. But this is tactful, tactfully, tactfully, uh, um, this is tactless, terrible strategy, bad optics and fuel for the far left. This is one of the greatest gifts they've ever been offered. And they are thanking all of the Proud Boys for offering up this opportunity. And now that the march has been announced by endantifa.com, there's nothing anyone can do to stop it. Sorry, that's just the way it is. You see, even if the Proud Boys came out and said, it's not us and we're not going to be engaging in this, doesn't matter. All someone has to do is show up wearing one of those polos and they could false flag it. Some far leftist can put on a polo and then punch another Antifa and boom, there's your front page story. Trump supporting far right extremists attack peaceful protesters. I'm sorry, man. I, I, I hate I hate to say it because I know a lot of people are going to be mad. They're going to say, Tim, they have a right to protest. I know they do. 
And I know Ted Wheeler is an awful dude. And I know they're allowing this to happen, but you need to let law enforcement go in. They just deputized the Oregon State Police. The last thing anyone needs is for people to show up and, and, and create an opportunity for the media to destroy all of the good things that have happened so far. And I'm not talking about all the violence. Those are awful things. The good things are that Kate Brown has said she will allow the federal, the, the FBI to come in finally that the DHS is deputizing state police. So when they arrest these people now, guess what? Trump can take care of it. They're winning. This is a recipe for disaster. I do not want far left extremists to gain ground in this country more than they already are. They're, they're, they're infecting the federal government. It is getting bad. Their insane critical race theory is at every level of our government, and it needs to be stopped. And the only way to stop it is to make sure that Trump and, yeah, Republicans win. We need Section 230 reform. We need to make sure the critical race theorists, intersectional, far left, overt and avowed racists lose. The last thing any of us need is bad optics. But you know what? Listen, that's just my, my opinion. You are free to do what you want in this country. And I'm not here to tell anybody what they what they should or shouldn't do or advocate on behalf of anyone or anyone else. I'll tell you what. That's just my prediction for what's going to happen. It's what's happened every step of the way. I was on the ground in Berkeley. I watched them attack old people. But did the media showcase the old woman who was knocked to the ground? Did the media talk about how in San Jose, an elderly couple was shoved to the ground and their hat was ripped off and set on fire? No. Peaceful protesters, they said, because their allies work in media. Don't give them the propaganda. But I'll leave with this. I understand a need to defend the First Amendment. Okay, then you do what you got to do. So long as it's peaceful, so long as you remain defensive. I get it. I do. Optically and strategically, it's not something I would do. But I'm far be it from me to be an authority over anybody else. Hands down. If they want to do their thing, keep it peaceful. And my only the only thing I would say is you guys, you need to absolutely, you need to absolutely make sure every single person there is following the rules following the law on their best behavior, de-escalating and defensive only. De-escalate 100%. Defend yourself, de-escalate. You can peacefully assemble, but do not give Antifa what they want. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all. I will see you all then.